All Things Unexplained, hosted by Dr. Mounts. Let's face it, we were always ready to roll without him anyway. <laughs> CJ Derringer. Ain't nobody perfect, right? And Smitty Neves. I've never planned out hardly anything my whole life. I just free ball. Featuring Cajun Man. I'm just old nobody, somebody looking for somebody. This is Dr. Mouse, All Things Unexplained, a top 25 science charts podcast we're listening to in over 40 countries, maybe over 50 well now, around the world. We're, we've been nominated for a People's Choice Podcast Award. I'm missing CJ and Smitty hey, this morning, but I've been having the best time with author Chrissy Heron. Her debut album, Headaches and Hauntings, you can find it on, on Amazon. You can get it on Kindle. You can yep. order a hard copy. I've got the Kindle version it is a terrific terrific read uh chrissy oh this is a great listener question i was about to say chrissy before i give you this listener question i'd like to close the show out today with just some hot takes from you on some various subjects so have you ever done hot takes before chrissy Mm, no but this is fun (laughs) yeah so it's just kind of your your sizzle reel your your quick take on different topics. So how, right. how quick they are, you know, we'll play it by ear. But you're, I'd like to close the show out with some hot takes from Arthur Chrissy Heron on some different subjects. First, we've got a question, though, from listener George Winters, longtime listener of the show, Alabama native. We've got all these southern folks tuning in, Chrissy, and not south of Scotland either, southern U.S. of A., and Tar Heel fanatic, oh. I was actually with George last night too, to witness perhaps the greatest win in the University of North Carolina Tar Heels basketball history. Oh. But listener George Winter said, well "Thank you." Do they have Bigfoot in Scotland? Terrific no, question. But it's funny you should say that. I, I've been looking at that. That's something I'm really on the cusp about. I'm really on the cusp. I don't quite know the footage that I've looked at. We do not have Bigfoot in Scotland. Although I did go out with a guy who wore a size 14, so he had <laughs> big feet. But some of the footage I have seen is so badly taken, it's hard to decide what it is. And there's one one that was taken, I think, in Russia or somewhere, and it's because of the movement and everything else. Do these things exist? Possibly. Totally unexplained. Why wouldn't they? You have people who are born with their faces covered in, in, in hair and are unable to shave it. Why wouldn't there be a man who's inbred with a, a bear? or what? Who knows? We just don't know. But uh, I think there's a, if there's enough said about things, why wouldn't there be something like that in existence? The answer is... Uh, no, there isn't one in Scotland, but we do have Loch Ness, which I believe has something in it, whether it's a prehistoric animal or something that's a hybrid. I don't know, but it does exist. I was on the boat the night something went by and it felt bigger than the boat. And it either had a blowhole or it was blowing water out. It wasn't a fish because nothing of that size is in there. But then they don't know. So why why diss things? We don't know the answer. It's unexplained. Bigfoot, possibility, but it's not, not something I follow a lot because some of the footage is so bad. More footage, drones, that's what we need. Put the drones out there. Use modern technology. Why does it always have to be somebody with a really shaky hand that's taking the video? You know, don't want that. <laughs> we want the drones out there. <laughs> Nessie seems to have the same problem, as a matter of fact, for whatever reason. Yeah. As far as the shaky, yeah. scratchy videos and pictures. That was a terrific question, George, yeah. and a great answer, Chrissy. And George, okay. you know, interestingly, Chrissy, George is from the state of Alabama, the proud state of Alabama. They have a lot of Bigfoot sightings there. Right. 
I think you gave a very plausible explanation, actually, for those Alabama Bigfoot sightings. The the unshaven, <laughs> inbred man just, of the woods. Definitely, uh, there's yeah. definitely a few of those in Alabama, that's for sure. Yeah, well, I'll Google it after I've finished with you guys so I can be more up to date on it. But never say never. As James Bond said, as Sean Connery said, never say never. Because you don't know. We are bringing, we are finding things every day we didn't know existed. New planets, new this, new that. You know, people poo-poo UFOs and whatnot. We don't know what's out there. We don't have that kind of technology. But somebody else might have. If we're here on Earth, maybe there is somebody in 50 planets in the 10 solar systems away who are equally as intelligent, more beautiful, more fabulous than we are. Who knows? As I said, as we said recently on the show, you know, aliens might land one day and they might step out and they might look like an octopus. You just never know. They might have already landed. They might already have been here. Absolutely. Who knows? Do I believe it? Again, I'd like to do more research in it. Do I poo-poo it? No, never. Because I don't know the answer. But I'll tell you what, I would love it. And I'd love for them to be friendly. Oh, yes, for sure. That would be great. And and you know what? You actually delved into a couple of our hot take topics that I'd like to get into. So let's close the show out (coughs) with author Chrissy Heron, her debut novel headaches and hauntings you can pick it up on amazon it's terrific please check it out i encourage you to you will not regret it it is wonderful she has some really terrific projects coming up soon too hot take time to close the show out today let me get a little music going here for this oh yeah oh is that the proclaimers oh i would walk 500 miles is that the Proclaimers? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> They're definitely not the most attractive looking men, but they definitely look the Scotsman. <laughs> <laughs> but but would you walk 500 more, Chrissy? That's the question. Well, it's like everything in life. I'd prefer to go in a Porsche or a nice Audi, but it depends on what's at the end of the road. <laughs> <laughs> so I'd like to go back. Get, a big deal. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I'd like to go back for our first hot take. We've been there before. How can you not go there? Uh, let's go back to a lot of people don't know. Let's go back to Inverness, Scotland, home of the Loch Ness monster. And Chrissy, you told us one of the greatest stories I've ever heard from Loch Ness. Friend of the show, author Blake Best, has written a novel about Loch Ness. I can't wait until he hears your story. I've never heard a story about a nighttime encounter on Loch Ness. Loch Ness monster, Chrissy. What do you think it it really? What what are we dealing with? I think that it's possibly some kind of. Well, there would need to be more than one of it. Um, it could be some kind of not dinosaur because I do think they're exact. They're extinct. I think there's something of that ilk. The Loch Ness is the deepest loch in Britain. Loch is um, it's a Scottish word, but it can go to over a mile deep. Now, I can only tell you what I experienced and what other people have said to me, because when I was little, we used to go up there on the old fishing boat. It was about 20 feet long, didn't belong to us. We didn't have that kind of money. It was a neighbour around the, the corner of the Frasers who had it. And whatever that was that went past the side of the boat was at least 20 feet, if not longer, and was blowing out of a blowhole or something like that. It was, what age was I? Six, seven? So we're talking 40-odd years ago. We didn't have mobile phones. It was dark. It was only the stars. The moon was out. But there was something there. It wasn't something that was coming up to jump on us like Jaws. It was something that had popped up, maybe to see what we were, to go back down again. I don't think it's anything threatening. I don't think it's a meat-eating, horrible animal, um, mammal. 
but I think it's a mammal of sheer size that probably lives deep, deep, deep down there and very, very often probably puts its head up above the water and that's it. I don't think it comes out. I don't think it walks about. I think it's a, a mammal of some type, but there's definitely, if that, what we felt that night and there were six or seven of us and the stories of the fishermen and people round about the loch, there's something in there. There's no smoke without fire. And this is a, a, a name that's been about for a, as long as I can ever remember as a child and beyond. It's 100 years plus. There's something in Loch Ness. Is it dangerous? No. Should we live? Should we let it live there in peace and stop going trying to find it? Yes. Because sometimes just knowing it's there is enough. And I like the idea of not knowing what it is. I just like the fact that it's magical. Whatever it is, if it's some kind of dragon, which it's not, but I think it's that kind of idea. I think there's something romantic about it. I don't think it's dangerous and I don't want us to find it, but it's there. I like that. And, you know, Chrissy, I've heard a lot of Nessie encounters relayed on television and radio and podcast. I have to say, your encounter, certainly one of the most powerful encounters I've ever heard about. I think that is powerfully telling and interesting uh that's that's amazing so chrissy Thank your you. next hot take here i i uncovered this in my research about scotland similar to loch ness monster i never heard of this i'm hoping you have morag the loch morar monster oh morag <laughs> <laughs> Morag, that sounds like a cartoon to me. Morag is a very Scottish name. It's a beautiful name, but uh, to me that sounds more like a cartoon character. I'm not familiar with it. Um, but I know that if you go up to Loch Ness, the people who live round about the area, and it's a massive loch, they won't always tell you the true stories of what goes on there. I think there's lots of people who keep their mouths closed we don't particularly want to give away the secret of what's in that those those hundreds of miles of of uh, loch. But Morag is a great name, but I think it must be a cartoon because I don't know it. <laughs> Morag is a great name, but you know you do you can't help yes. but wonder you know if there is something in Loch Ness. So maybe there's something in the other lochs there too. We're talking about yeah. you know deep, unfathomably yeah. deep. Bodies oh, of water. A mile. Yes. Loch, do they connect? Loch Ness is almost a mile. Yeah, they do in certain parts. But uh, I think that, uh, yes, there has to be. You don't make something like that up. Somebody saw something, somebody else saw something, you know. But I do not want it to be discovered. I've always said that. I don't want people to discover it. I don't think it's a land-bearing animal of any kind. I think it stays in the water and it stays deep down. But I think people who fish and are, who are on the loch, uh, they've seen it. They don't need to shout about it. Uh, they know something's there. But you won't get a lot of the people in that area wanting to discuss a lot of it. Because Nessie's Nessie. She's part of what Scotland's all about. And as much as we share the wonderful story about her, and I say her because I think it is a, it's a female. I think I think there's others, but I don't want uh, I don't want her discovered. I don't want her discovered. I don't want her taken out. What are they going to do if they find her? They're only going to try and do research. They're only going to probably end up killing her. No, let her live there and let our children and your children and everybody else for years to come enjoy it. It's unexplained. That's how I want it left. Well yeah. said, well said. So, I love that. <laughs> Our next hot take for Arthur Chrissy Heron. In the 70s, I believe I'm correct on this, a Scottish man comes home to his wife. He's all disheveled. Looks like he's been in a fight or something. His wife calls the police, and instead of the traditional, you know, bar brawl, had a little too much whiskey, whatever, he tells quite a different story. A story about a giant flying orb that abducted him. 
had some missing time involved with it. Chrissy, what's this? That's one of the most apparently famous UFO incidents in ufology. Chrissy, we mentioned this earlier. What's your hot take on UFOs and as some American institutions call them UAPs now? Yes, uh, well, I think as I said to you earlier, we are here on Earth. We do not know what is hundreds of millions of miles out there in different solar systems. Why, why can't there be other forms of, you know, unidentified people who are able to travel or have better technology or whatever and come and visit us? You know, for a while here in Scotland, there was an area, I think it was down in Dumfries, just as you border onto England, where there was lots of sightings. There's areas down there where uh, there's not a lot of light, so it's mainly stars and the moon. I think, I remember reading about it, that there was a lot of UFOs, or was it Falkirk, whatever, lights in the sky, etc., etc. Nobody's ever been able to say what they are. Why not? Why not? Somebody must know. You know, that we can land planes and we know things are round about it. Why are we not able to say, well, actually... Plus, you see all these wonderful, all this wonderful footage from pilots or people in jets who take uh, images with the cameras that we have now, Latter-day. And, and nobody's ever come forward to say, oh, that was such and such, or that was such and such. Yes, I think there is something out there. I don't think that, um, again, I don't think it's anything to be frightened from, because I think if they were ever going to do anything, they would have done it to us by now. I think we need to fear the other people on Earth who want to cause us badness, not people who are coming from out with uh, to visit us. Um, yeah, I believe in you unidentified flying objects because I think they're coming to visit exactly the same way as we send out satellites and all the other things that we do. We've sent out to Mars and goodness knows where else. But uh, yeah, I I believe in that. I'm not eccentric about it, and I don't go out my way to go into debates about it. But I think yeah, if we're here, there's got to be life out there as well, for sure. Absolutely. Here's hoping they're better looking men that we've got access to here at the moment. I would say that, but <laughs> who knows? But yeah, for sure. Listener Mercedes Spence says, and this is a terrific oh. name, Bonnie Bridge, UFO capital of Scotland. That's it, Bonnie Bridge. Thanks, Mercedes. I knew it was somewhere. <coughs> Mercedes, what was that all about? Remember, there was lights, and they kind of covered it all up and kept it quiet, didn't they? But there was a lot of um, sightings up in Bonnie Bridge, which is about oh, 40 miles from where I am now as you're heading up north. And there was lots of sightings, but very much they're poo-pooed or they're taken out of the press. I think the press are still controlled to a certain degree. And I think things that maybe government don't want us to know about are stopped in their tracks. Uh, there's so much that we don't know because they don't tell us. But definitely there was something going on for a while because uh, up in Bonnybridge, that went on for several several months where I think there was a lot of sightings. People were actually travelling up to the area to go out their way to film things, but nobody ever gave us an absolute insight. You know, why didn't the army or why didn't government or why didn't somebody local say, oh, do you know, you know, the army's practicing or we've got a brand new plane or nobody ever comes back. They just shuffle it under the, the mat and just let us move on. But it'd be nice to know the answer. I'd like to know if there was people out there. I want that explained. How do we go about finding the answer? It's a good question. When if we find out, it needs to go in your next book. That's for sure, though. Yeah, it's like Area Fifty One. What is there? Oh yeah. What is in there? And now, don't even ask me about man landing on the the moon the first time because I don't believe that happened. I want to know what's in Area Fifty One. I want to know why that when you get anywhere near it, you know you've got it's patrolled. What's in there that we've not to know about? You know, it's just all very much a mystery. Why don't we just get told and then we can move on? What's so important that's in there? But again, who knows? 
I love all these conspiracy theories and things like that as well. I love all that stuff. But uh, I just, I also want to know the truth. But not, not Nessie, though. We don't want to know about Nessie. <laughs> we want her to stay there in Loch Ness. The truth is out there. <laughs> you know, Chrissy, we actually did an interesting... Yeah, thanks, Mercedes. Yes, thank you, Mercedes. Chrissy, we did an interesting thought experiment recently with guest Dane Beck, adventurer Dane Beck. And the thought experiment went like this. We had, we've had some shocking headlines here in America recently where the Navy and the Pentagon have, ad, have admitted, yeah. yes, we, these are videos of UFOs or UAPs taken by our military and they are real. So the thought experiment yeah. was this, what if Bigfoot, or in this, let's say in this case, Lot Ness monster, Nessie, had the same type of headlines? And could you imagine? So imagine if instead of the headline in the Washington Post, Navy or Pentagon admits Navy UFO video is real, what if the headline was Pentagon admits Lot Ness monster is real? Can you imagine? Love it. <laughs> Love it. That's like a new movie, isn't it? UFO, Bigfoot, and Nessie all in the same movie. It's a bit like Aliens versus Predator, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> classic. A classic movie. <laughs> a great movie. With Jerry Butler. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm going to assume he's, he's not. Yeah. He's actually probably just hunting both of them down. He's going to take both of them out. Predator, one of <laughs> Predator, one of my all-time favorite movies. Alien, one of my all-time favorite it's a movies. Great movie. Aliens, oh, one of my all-time favorite movies. Yeah. Maybe Sigourney brilliant. Weaver will night. star with Gerard Butler in that next movie. Oh, I will. Yeah, could do. Probably <laughs> she's getting on a bit. I shouldn't say that's very sexist, but no, these are classic <laughs> movies. The John Hurt scene is just brilliant. You know when it explodes out of his stomach. Oh, that's just yeah. Movie classic. Absolutely. It still yeah, gets me good. every yeah. every time. Mm -hmm. Such a great movie. Every time. It's one of those movies you can move you can watch over and over and over. Oh, absolutely. And listener George Winters chimed in with kind of a this is kind of a running joke on this show. Chrissy, he said Area fifty one is where the United States keeps all its weather balloons. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. So George Probably does. Yeah, George oh, has bad. commented before, you know, that every time something unexplained happens, they they blame it on weather balloons. And he's like, I've never seen a damn weather balloon my yeah. whole life, but you'd think I'd see them all over the place they, the way they keep talking about them. You know, why do they want to cover anything up? Why don't they just say, do you know what, we're going to open Area 51 up. It's going to cost you $50 a ticket. Come on in. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll use it for the national day, and you can see what's going on in here. You know, what? what is the big deal what do we not need to know yeah it's such oh, a yeah. massive area i don't know it's crazy crazy um i think you know to educate us and things like that would be the, the way forward you know tell us what's going on next time you're in the states chrissy let us know we'll head out yep. to area 51 we'll do a little investigating Ooh, well funny you should say that i've been talking to the girls about doing the route 66 i know we can't get terribly near it and in fact, uh, yeah, that's that's something I would I'd love to try. But you can't go to, to Roswell. Go a documentary team and just talk to people. Yeah, you can go to Roswell. In fact, uh, I tell you what, I would love to see. I would love to go to the Winchester House. Are you familiar with the Winchester House? I've heard that term, but I'm I'm not. No, don't worry if you familiar. haven't. It's an incredibly haunted. Probably within your time span, old building, creepy looking thing. But I think I'd, I'd like to go there. There's an incredible history of just badness. I think places like that attract the wrong people who do the wrong things. And it's one of these places that comes up and comes up and comes up that I've often thought, mm, I wouldn't mind going there. I probably would get there and wouldn't want to go into the house because I'd be too frightened. But hey ho. Well, we'll see. Count me in. Talking about places and attracting the wrong yeah. things. Actually, in the county that CJ and listener George and, and myself live in right now, Chatham County, North Carolina, there's a spot. 
Yep. It's called the Devil's Tramping Ground. Its history traces all the way back to the before the first settlers when when they first encountered it. Nothing, absolutely nothing, grows in this circular patch of earth. Never has, as far back as they can trace it, and you can't get anything to grow there. And they call it the Devil's Tramping Ground. I think maybe a UFO is responsible. Some people think Satan. Maybe Alistair Crawley resides there currently. <laughs> Who knows? But uh, yeah, places places can attract. Is it like they can a crop attract energies. Idea. No, not it really a crop circle. Just a circular patch of ground that, and, and this is in a wooded, you know, grown up area, and it's just noticeably. So I, I say it's not like a crop circle in that there's no pattern, right? It's just yeah. a circle. And have they taken samples of it away to check why nothing will grow there? I'm not sure. It's privately owned at the moment. Yeah. And I think it's a little bit like right. Lot Ness, right? Like, I'm not sure we want to know. Yeah. 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 Well, you're probably right. But then maybe the person who owns it is protecting something. And doesn't want us on that land to check it. Oh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Who knows? So my yeah. next hot take yeah. for you, Chrissy. Creepy. Let's go yes. back to Edinburgh. Okay. At yes. some point in the past, a group of boys stumbled upon a cave in Edinburgh. I, I believe there's probably lots of caves around Edinburgh. It was covered up by slate. The opening was covered up by slate. They moved it aside to go in there, and they discovered these tiny little coffins with wooden figures and cotton clothing inside. Have you heard of these? Some people call them, I think, the fairy coffins of Edinburgh. Ooh, but I'm going to Google that. Yeah, and they no, were only a few inches long. From... Yeah. Oh. That's got to be something to do with witchcraft because uh, what you have is a lot of witches were hung and burned here in Scotland. Yes. Where I'm from, which is where the, the book is <laughs> based, there was a lot of witches uh, burned at the, at the stake in Paisley. And where that is now in Paisley, they don't tarmac over where it happened. And only recently, the government have uh, given the okay or whatever the word is, I don't know, to the people who were burned as witches. They've now, now said that they weren't witches. I think it's been some kind of witches, black magic, or it could be where they put little hexes on people that they don't like or wish them dead or wish them to be put away. They maybe put the hex on them, put the details and things like that in the little box, pieces of their hair, etc. Cover them up and put them into that little tomb because there could be no other reason for it. If you were wanting to bury something, you would do it with a bit of empathy and dig a hole and put it in there. That, to me, sounds like witchcraft. Yes. And the slate part of it doesn't allow the spirit to come out because the slate will oh. keep it there. But uh, I think, but uh, yeah, that's what that sounds. It sounds like witchcraft, probably a hex to kill somebody in the little box and put in there. It'll be a coven of witches or Satanists or something like that. Right, and it Doing was a thing. theory that was mentioned. And, you know, one thing I had no idea about Scotland is what a history of yeah. witchcraft and yeah and that sort of thing that that there was in yeah. Scotland hundreds of women innocent women were uh, there used to be a witch finder he he worked for the local government or the Scottish government or wherever it was then the queen or the king and he would willy-nilly go out and find these women and as a witch finder, he would have them condemned to death on his say-so. So it may well be a case of somebody was licking the marrow out of a chicken bone, but that was enough to say, she's a witch. 
They were then taken away from their family, humiliated, tied to stakes, and either boiled or set light to. And as I said to you already, in Paisley, where I'm from and where the book's based, uh, that's where they used to burn some of the witches. And only recently have our government has said that these poor people who were killed were not witches. They were not witches. You know, what you got to remember, way back 200 years, 300 years ago, it was all superstition and, and, and things like that. You know, in the church, if you didn't believe in this and if you didn't believe in that. Look at Henry VIII. Henry VIII had several of his wife's heads taken off because of stuff that he made up to get rid of them so he could marry somebody else. Right. It's all very fickle. You don't hear so much about it now. But yes, lots of witches. Oh, yeah. And it reminds me, you know, we were talking about science and and the unexplained. And at some point throughout history, I feel like all different forms of science itself were considered unexplained or evil or wrong. At, at one point, yeah. there was a secret society of mathematicians because the math yeah, was viewed as evil. And, of course, now yeah. nobody in their right mind considers mathematics an evil practice, right? But at some point yeah. in history, everything we don't fully understand uh -huh. is given a bad That's it. They want to condemn view. it. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And, of course, a way back then, that was so easy to do because there was no rules. Otherwise, you know, that person is a witch or that person's this or that person's that. Oh, yeah. They need to go. There was no court. It was uh, it was just decided by a couple of local noblemen. They have to go. End off. It must have been a terrible, terrible time to live knowing that you could easily have anybody chap your door and say, we think you're a witch. We think you're this. We think you're practicing the black arts. Out you come, we're going to burn you alive. What a terrible way to go. Burned alive. Yes. For no real reason. Yeah. We had similar a similar so, situation um, here in the States, the Salem witch trials. And I've been to yes. Salem. Yes. And it was, wow, what a tough yes. time to be female or a yeah. child because children were the same way, right? Yeah. They were to be seen. For sure. Oh. They were to be seen and not heard. Not heard. That's right. And how diff knowing as a father of a two, two young kids, how difficult is that? You know, how, how difficult is it to keep a couple of children quiet? Yes. And indeed, do we actually want that? No. But a way back then... You know, there was people having children and other people were wet nursing them or looking after them. And, oh, it must have been shocking. I know that we are going through a difficult scenario just now. There's war in the Ukraine and all this stuff that's happening in Russia. It's, ter it's terrible. But, my God, living then must have been an absolute hell. Oh, for must sure. Have been hell. But, Listener George Winter says, yeah. I am still a little suspicious of mathematicians. <laughs> <laughs> he means accountants. That's because you put your tax in. He means the accountants. <laughs> the IRS, I, I tell you what. Accountant. <laughs> Don't trust them. Yes. So I, I have just a couple more hot takes for you, Chrissy. We're, we're right? speaking to okay. Arthur Chrissy Heron, author of debut novel Headaches and Honings, a terrific read about Kat Jameson, a young girl who Thank can you. communicate with the dead. Chrissy, there's a little town in Scotland. I've been to it. Very unassuming town, like one pub, right? Just a few people live there, maybe 100, maybe 200. I'm not real sure about that, but not a big place. You could take the bus there. Right. And there's a little, a little chapel. I don't know how famous it is in Scotland, but it's pretty famous in the paranormal world, the unexplained world. It's pretty famous in American literature. Roslyn. Chapel of Rosalind? Da Vinci yeah. Code fame, made famous yes. at least in America uh, uh -huh. in the Da Vinci Code. Yeah, it's absolutely stunning. It is absolutely beautiful, and when you go in there, there's artifacts and designs 
and things on the walls that are unexplainable, that are beyond why they were put there. Was it the, oh gosh, the Templar Knights? Yes. I went up, oh, I can't even tell you how many years ago, to a little place in Scotland. And we took the boat. Funny enough, my Doberman was only a puppy. And I was with my husband at the time. Mr. And Thor. the lady had said to me, we were staying in this cottage. Mr. Thor, thank you. We always gave him his full name, Mr. Thor. And we were told, oh, if you go out to the wee island in your little rowing boat, you'll see there's a Templar Knight's grave there. So we went out in the wee boat. Oh. Do you know there was? And there were several other ones. I think that they were so, so well looked after in Scotland. And when they died here, we buried them in secret locations. I think there's more to the Templar Knights and the study and everything round about them than we'll ever know. Was there an attachment to Rome? Was there an attachment to uh, royalty? I don't know. Religion, etc., etc. I think there was so many secrets hundreds of years ago that we're still not sure about them all. But there's a wonderful mystery when you go to the um, Roslyn um, Cathedral. It's not a cathedral. Um, it's absolutely stunning. Anybody who comes to Scotland must go there. It's an absolute delight. It's about 30, mile, about 30 miles outside of Maine, Edinburgh. You'll get a tour or whatnot to take you there. It's not only charming, but there's a real vibe. There's a supernatural, paranormal vibe when you go into that tiny little chapel. But it's exquisite, absolutely exquisite. I think it's about five or 600 years old. It's not new. Yes. Gorgeous. Yes, it was in the book, and it was also in the Tom, what's his name, movies, Da Vinci Clan Codes. Clancy. And what have you, yeah. Is the Ark of the Covenant at Roslyn Chapel? Yes. Oh. Is it? Is it? <laughs> Is it? Now there's a question. Is, I have no idea. Wouldn't it be fantastic? Wouldn't it be wonderful? Who would want to take it from us if they found out it was? If we discovered it was there, big deal, because what does it really matter? You know what I mean? Yes. That's almost, again, there's so many things in Scotland that are that need an explanation and nobody seems to want to do it. Is it there? I don't know. Do I want to know? Maybe not, because then it takes away the mystery of what that place is all about. But there is no smoke without fire. And I always think things are said for a reason. There's got to be a reason why they've said that. You know, somebody just didn't write a book about a wee chapel, Neil Melrose, outside of uh, Edinburgh. No, they could have used anywhere. But, uh, yeah, really beautiful. You need to go there. There's a fantastic vibe. You'll love it. Yes, for sure. And the last thing, Chrissy, and it's been such a pleasure having Arthur Chrissy Heron on the show with us this morning, straight from Scotland. <laughs> Everybody listening around the world Yay. on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Amazon, so honored to have Kath, uh, Chrissy Heron with us. Her debut novel, Headaches and Hauntings, you can pick it up on Amazon. Definitely worth it. So, Chrissy, my son and I were watching the show with Josh Gates recently, Expedition Unknown, and they were talking mm -hmm. about the lost gold of the Jacobite rebellion and so apparently at some point in Scotland's past my my Scottish history not not good at all but there was this group called the Jacobites and they formed a rebellion to take over mm -hmm. what the, who they believed the rightful leader was supposed to be to take over the throne again for him and France, at mm -hmm. some point, had sent over a treasure trove of gold to fund this rebellion. But the rebellion was squashed mm -hmm. before the gold arrived. And mm -hmm. when the gold did finally arrive, the Jacobites had to go on the run with it. And apparently it was buried somewhere mm -hmm. in Scotland. It has never been 
round. That's because it's been spent. There is no chance that a Scotsman has left money hidden underground because we just do not do that. <laughs> Those Jacobites have been chased within an inch of their life because if you can imagine, they came up here with all their pomp and all their ceremony, with their guns and their nice red tops and their fancy shoes, they would have been met. <clears throat> Remember, you've got to go and take the high road up to Scotland. So you're going up, 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 up the whole time. Uh, when they came up there, there would have been hundreds of thousands of Scotsmen in kilts with beards, screaming and shouting. The minute they seen that casket of money, they would have taken it. That, I will guarantee you, is not buried anywhere. We would have taken it and spent it <laughs> on whiskey and haggis, no <laughs> doubt. But I don't believe for a second. I think that uh, even with technology and all the building and everything and the construction that we've done, that would have been dug up somewhere because they would have known the basic route. When the Jacobites came up to Scotland, there was a basic route that they took. There's no way. We would have taken that, sent them on their merry way back to England. There's this scenario with Scotland and England. We've always fought against each other. Whenever we play football or whatever we do, we're always against one another. But there's absolute, I do not believe at all that there would be any buried treasure anywhere. No. Plus, somebody would have been out with one of those machines that find metal, wouldn't they? A metal detector. <laughs> yes. No. I think we've chased them back. We've taken the money and it's been distributed throughout somewhere or other. But uh, no, I don't believe there's anything buried. Absolutely not. That's the one thing I would definitely say no. That makes a lot of sense, too, because obviously people looking for it now, they can't find it. So what you say makes a lot of sense no. because it just may not be yeah, there. The path they would have taken, though, would have been a certain path. So, obviously, it's all grown now and it's been built on, but they would have to have dug up that path in order to build. So, no, there's no buried treasure in Scotland, I don't believe. There's buried treasure as in Nessie and all those other wonderful things and and uh, and through in Edinburgh and the catacombs and the fantastic graveyard that's there. But... Uh, no, no buried treasure, I'm afraid. None. Darn it. Chrissy, have you been to the Highland Games in Inverness? Yes. Yes. Uh, I've not been to the ones in Inverness, but I've been to other ones because come the summertime, we have uh, several different Highland Games all along the West Coast. They're fantastic to go to <clears throat> because we do fabulous things like <clears throat> we throw the K-bar, and we've got great big tree stumps that we throw, and we're tossing, we're throwing hammers. It's real men behaving like real men with their kilts on, and they've got massive big stone balls that weigh about 50 kilos, and they're throwing them as far as they can go. It's As far as I'm concerned, it's a real man's game. You know, you get these guys who are taking part and thoroughly enjoying it, but... They're hundreds of years old as well, so they're still doing and tossing the caber, as they call it, which is throwing a massive big hammer um, and tree stumps. So it's things that they would have done originally when they put these things together, and they've never changed from it. They're wonderful. And uh, I would, again, recommend them to anybody. They're great family events to go to. They've got the strong man there. Oh, it's just a very, very Scottish. Yeah. It's like a fair without all the razzmatazz. It's just pure, raw strength. Big Scotsmen fighting against each other to throw articles and trees and everything as far as they can throw them. There's none of this weak men running about. There's all <laughs> big guys with their kilts on. And red hair and lots and lots of beards. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Drinking whiskey and eating haggis. <laughs> and fried Snickers. I love fried Snickers. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's on my bucket list. I don't know if I'll get to take part in the games. I don't know if I'll get to wear a kilt, but I certainly, 
it's on my bucket list to go to the Highland Games and in, in <laughs> You must. You must wear a coat. I'll do it's it. An, it's the law when you fly into Glasgow Airport. You need to wear a coat. <laughs> and you have to be a true Scotsman as well because a true Scotsman does not wear anything under his kilt. Hello. Yes. Got to keep that in mind. Maybe it won't be too cold. Yeah. <laughs> no, the kilt will keep you nice and warm, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you told me that, Chrissy. I've, yes. I want to do it proper. If I'm going to do it, I want to do it proper. Uh-huh. I want well, to have if the... If you're going to do anything, do it right. Yes, I want to have the whiskey. I want to have the, the haggis. I want to have the scotch egg. I want to have yeah. the fried Snickers. I want to have yeah. the kilt. I want to have it yeah. on correctly. Without the underwear? Yes. Yeah. I'm ready. <laughs> and you want to have the book. Cha-chong! The book, Ta-ta-ta-ta-ta. Headaches and Hauntings. <laughs> we all need the book. And I expect everyone to go to Amazon. As soon as this yeah. show's over, you just a few clicks on your phone, it'll be at your house in two days, which is incredible if you think hey. about it. It is. You'll love it. It's a good read. I'm super proud. You'll love it. Well, I'm proud for you. And listen to this. We've got a listener comment before we go. Wow. Listener Brandy. She said, thank you so much for hosting this, Dr. Mouse. My pleasure, Brandy. Just uh, I'm missing CJ and Smitty, but hopefully Chrissy can come back on with us sometime when CJ and Smitty can join us too. Chrissy, she says, I love what you said about destiny and the universe. Totally agree. My best to you both in all your future endeavors. Thank you. Thanks for the GB story. I came across it. Oh, yes. I came across this event because of a recent crush on him. Oh, the Gerard Butler story. Ah, yes. If it's meant to be, I will meet him too someday. (laughs) Oh, he's lovely. At any rate, nice to meet and listen to you both of you. I look forward to reading your book. Please do. Yeah. Send me a message on Instagram. Yeah. Thank you again. Love this to everyone. Have a great day. Thank you so much, Brandy. We appreciate you. Thanks for tuning in. Yeah, very kind. Good, good. I'm getting lots of messages at this end. Oh, that's great. That's true. On my phone. There's lots of messages coming up. I didn't give your number out, yeah, I promise. That's really good. No, it's friends <laughs> who knew that I was doing this today. For sending me messages, which is very kind of them. <laughs> <laughs> it is. So I want to I want to go with this one more question for you, Chrissy. We ask most okay. of our guests this: What is your take on the un on the unexplained? What is your take on the unexplained? What is my take on the unexplained? Anything that can't be explained by science. <coughs> so. Science can tell you that's happened because of that reason. Can you see that? Yes. The unexplained is when nobody, scientific or otherwise, can explain why something has happened. They then shy away from it, and that makes the mystery even deeper. There is no explainable scenario or reason that something has happened. It's unexplained. But that doesn't stop us from finding the truth. So I think that you should endeavour. And I think nature will push you back if you've not to know any more. For instance, your Loch Ness Monster. Nature's pushing us back from that because we've not to know the answer. But UFOs and whatnot, that's not unexplained because people know, government knows, scientists know, the army and the navy, satellite, whatever, they know the answer to that. They're just not telling us, so that's not unexplained. But anything else that can't be defined by science or real reason is unexplained. And there's lots and lots and lots of things out there that are truly unexplained. But if you read my book, I think you'll you'll see that uh, you might well be a believer in the fact that I've explained rather well the fact that the dead walk, walk amongst us, so to speak. In a good way. That they do. That they do. Chrissy, Uh listener George Winter said, terrific show. Hope to hear you again soon. 
Thank you. He's going to pick your book uh -huh. up. Oh, thank you. Thanks, George. I'll download it, whatever. We've been joined today I'm by going to Arthur Chrissy Herring. You're going to go to what, Chrissy? Yeah. I'm going to go and I'm going to do some writing uh, with regard to book number two. I'm going to make myself a nice cup of tea and I've got some scones. Oh, So lovely. you might call them scones, but I call them scone and I'm going to have it with butter and jam or possibly some homemade marmalade. Excellent. Being, being from the South, nice. I'm mostly a biscuit man, but I don't mind a good scone either. All right. <laughs> Of course you have a scone. You have a scone with your breakfast. I don't. I have one with a cup of tea, jam, and butter. That sounds amazing. So it's been lovely. Great. Enjoyed it. Thank Good you so much. You guys. Yes. Thanks for the lovely response. I'm going to go and Google some of these things we spoke about, and we'll speak again. Yes. We can't wait to have you back on again sometime soon. Hopefully, when your next book comes back out or comes out, Chrissy, join us. Let us know about it, okay? Okay. Or if I get the movie right, I'll call you back. <laughs> yes, let's do it. <laughs> Have a great Sunday, Chrissy. Okay. Take care, everybody. All the best. Bye bye. Goodbye, everybody. Stay unexplained. Bye. You've been listening to All Things Unexplained. If you liked this podcast, please do give us a five-star rating and leave us a review. If you would like to hear more All Things Unexplained, be sure to follow us wherever you listen to your podcasts. Our show depends on the support of listeners like you. Find us on Venmo under the business accounts. Just look for at Bigfoot UFO. If you can't get enough of us, go ahead and check us out at allthings-unexplained.com. A special thanks to our producer, director, sound mixer, editor, and the man who wears far too many hats, no seriously, he wears a lot of hats, Dr. Tim Mounts. Without you, we couldn't keep the lights on. Thanks for listening to All Things Unexplained.